0: You're rolling with Jason and John,
1: 92.9 FM, ESPN. Hope everybody's having a solid hump day so far. We're gonna have a solid day. Plenty to get to today. We're man down. John Martin is on daddy duty, but I got my man Brad Carson here. We're gonna be just fine. We'll get to John in just a second. Stayed up late last night. I was working. It's no Grizzlies. I was working. Or so I told myself to watch seven foot five, 18 year old French basketball phenom Victor Wimbanyama. Oh, wow. And we're gonna get to Glorilla. She had a big night too last night, even though that was tape. The Hip Hop Awards? Yeah, Hip Hop Awards on BET. Oh. Glorilla had a big night. Brad's eager to get to it, obviously. Victor Wimbanyama. We had a big night last night as well. Uh, Going against Scoot Henderson. Get used to the names, folks, because these will likely be the number one and two picks in the upcoming NBA draft. Got a chance to watch him in exhibition play last night. And Victor Wimbanyama. We're going to have to get a nickname yes, like we did with Giannis and like we did we're going to have to. We'll come up with it Uh, at some point. He did not disappoint. This dude is taller than Rudy Gobert. Obviously, at seven five, Rudy's seven one. He's more athletic than Holmgren or James Wiseman or every, any seven foot I've seen. And I know what you know. A lot of it is well, he's a unicorn, right, dude. He. I know we already have a freak, but this dude's a. He's closer to a freak of nature. Watching Wimbanyama. he's awesome, man. Did you get a chance to see it at all? I didn't. Seen, probably seen highlights and stuff. So. I've he, seen the highlights you, now, and he looks. The,
2: he looks like. I know this is. It sounds a little crazy. I don't think I've seen
1: somebody that looks like that ever. So remember how giddy we got when Chet Holmgren dribbled around Jalen Dern and we said, look, he's not just a stick out there. He can actually put it on the floor and get around people. Mm -hmm. Dude, times 10 with Victor. He is doing step backs taller than Chet Chet Holmgren. Step backs, drive to the baskets, Uh, 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 one-step spin moves from the free throw line. It's completely different than watching Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Uh, it was a revelation to see him for the first time play on American soil for the first time uh, yesterday in this exhibition game. We'll get to it. we got to get to know these guys. Hey, we got to pick, two where we least want to see these, this guy as Grizzlies fans. You know, which team do we, do we want to see him with? Which one would be the biggest threat to the Grizzlies with him? Mm-hmm. We'll get into all that. You can tell he made quite an impression on me. Aaron Judge has made history, finally. I'm, I'm relieved for the man, to be quite honest with you. Hits home run number 62 yesterday, to lead off the second game of that doubleheader against the Rangers. It's done. He is the AL home run king. Give it up for him. Pass Roger Mayer. Thank you, Brad. For a while, I didn't think he'd get there. I know it didn't look like it. He is not the single season home run king. That is Barry Bonds. We can get mm-hmm. to that later. I know the plenty are in denial. Uh, the guy who caught judge's ball, by the way. This is a whole separate story. Nice catch with the glove, reached over, made a nice one-hand grab. We talked about this yesterday with John with you, what we would do if we caught this ball. This guy's got it. He's figuring out what his next steps are. He was uh, escorted by security after they had to authenticate the ball. He was escorted by security. You realize he had to be Ball could be worth two million dollars. I think there's an offer out there uh, for of two million dollars for the ball. Baseball playoffs are set. Braves and Austin Riley, your NL East division champs for a fifth straight year. Uh, we'll have Brad break down the baseball playoffs for us. That's starting this week. Get hyped, Cardinals! Is there enough magic? <sighs> I'm worried, Jason. I looked at. Don't this. Don't be worried. It's a nobody. It's, it's, it's a free swing, is it not?
2: It You're is. not going into this thing expecting to win a ring, are you? I always expect to win a ring when we go Stop into this it. thing. I mean, when you're a Cardinals fan, Jason, that's the Cardinal experience. I well, know that you're a Cubs fan. And well, how long, is it,
1: how long has it been? It's two thousand eleven.
2: Yeah, eleven and eleven. Yeah. So, I mean, we're due. We are due. But you got to get through the Braves, and you got to get through the, the Mets.
1: Yeah, that's going to be tough enough. Um, GloRilla, we mentioned had a big night last night. Mm-hmm. Memphis's own, twenty-three years old, big winner at the Hip Hop Awards. We'll get to everything that she has accomplished. She Who all was on the stage with her? <laughs> I didn't like the way Tyrese was biting his bottom lip looking at her either. She's oh, too no. young for you, Tyrese. This is ours. And then West Memphis Chick-fil-A. Oh, this is good. What the hell is going on over there? And I'm sorry, but I don't have any other words. If you haven't seen the video that's gone viral of the West Memphis Chick-fil-A Ooh. and what this, empl- what this store worker did, yeah. you need to go out and check it out. Folks have been fired thankfully, and it just makes you wonder when you're in that fast food line. Chick-fil-A, I thought, was the one place we could still trust, bro. you got to be nice, Jason. That's the bottom line. I thought even at Chick-fil-A, you know, you don't have to put on your nice face and do all the extra pleases because you figure with the workers there, man, you know what I'm saying? They're all efficient. Nobody's doing anything like this. Mm. But I suppose you need to take those rules, those Thank you, please. Yes, thank you. So, they, so they're not spitting in your food. You better take it to Chick-fil-A, too. At least the one in West Memphis we will get to that. Let me set up the rest of the show. 1125, sure. we'll talk to Mark Giannato like we do regularly on Wednesdays. He's got a column up at CommercialAppeal.com about the NBA GM survey released yesterday. We'll ask him, too, about Victor Wimbanyama. I've been dreaming about this guy's name and having to say it so many times today. You're good with um, those. We'll, we'll get there. Memphis-Houston football this weekend, obviously a big one for Ryan Silverfield's Tigers. Uh, speaking of Tigers, Tiger Basketball Pro Day is tomorrow. We'll ask uh Giannotto about that as well. Brady, Giselle, lawyers have been hired. It's all over TMZ. This is gonna be this is gonna be news all the way through here. Yeah. One of the I mean, this is this is gonna be in terms of headline divorces. It doesn't get any bigger. The biggest we've seen in biggest. a while. Yeah. We have plenty to get to with Mark. And then at yeah. one twenty five, the aforementioned John Martin, my partner, who is on daddy duty today. He is touring schools. With Riley and Mm. Sam, you know, this is a very important time. We've been through that process. We have both been through that process. Uh, Sounds like he's got at least a couple of schools on the list. We'll ask him. You know, I heard John with Jeff say they're looking to get paid. Should have figured.
2: Oh, they want an NIL deal? Of course. Oh, Already, geez.
1: she's not. I, she's not even two. John,
2: a little confused on the religious school thing. He, I think he said he was going to a Lutheran school that, that. that was affiliated with the Catholic I system. I got a little that. confused there. So you know, but it's it's easy to
1: do. You and I have done this again. Her family may have some, you know, they yeah. they may have some strong feelings about that as well. Maybe stronger than John. So maybe he's been trumped here in what, terms of the school. What kind of NIL deal can you get to go to preschool? I don't know, but you heard that uh, he's she's already got a full ride to Ole Miss. Uh, she's got already, which reset I'm up for jealous lights. of. I mean, I can't sit up here and help. Mine's eight. We don't know where the heck we're going. She's already got a full ride to Ole Miss. John said yesterday. CJ's balling out though. It's it's looking pretty promising. Yeah, 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 You know what? I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be brother ball here. <laughs> we're working. You're in the you're in People the ask me about Chris, And they always oh, he's, yeah. he's hitting that jumper, and I try to right. keep I try to keep it low key. Trying to stay humble, trying to keep Chris humble. Good man. Uh, He is no Victor Wimbam-Yama. This guy's unbelievable. Let me me tell you that. So last night, we'll get back to it, as I mentioned. uh, Stayed up to watch him versus Scoot Henderson, who you also need to know. These are the projected number one and number two picks. Uh, Wimbam-Yama playing for the uh, Metropolitan's 92. It's the French pro team coming over here playing an exhibition game. Uh, Brad, you would probably know this. Henderson, Nevada, which yeah. is about 20 minutes off the strip. It's, I read it's, from it's, Metcalf right outside. It's kind of like Germantown is to Memphis. They're right next door. They're playing a couple of games there, these two teams, uh, them and the G League at night. They got another one tomorrow, I believe. Uh, that's going to be 2 p.m. Central time. So these two teams are going to meet up twice. They did not disappoint last night. Henderson, Scoot Henderson's team, his G League at night team, comes away with the win. But the story is Wimbanyama. Seven foot five, like we mentioned, that's where Gavoni's got him, seven foot five.. Jeez. Eight foot wingspan. Uh, making three pointers down the stretch. He finishes with 37 points, 11 of 20 from the floor. He was seven of 11 from three. Incredible. At seven foot five. Now you'd seen, you know, people are already familiar, you know, looking ahead to draft. Uh, everybody, you know, you're, you're familiar with this guy's name. You know of his of his work over there. You've probably seen some highlight clips of him. But to watch him again in his first game on American soil, and, yes, against a, a G League Ignite team that doesn't have, you know, they're, they're not all future pros here. Some of these guys are yeah. going to be out here after a little bit. I saw John Jenkins was still trying to, I think, at 31 years old, still trying to make the former Vanderbilt star, still trying to make it the Amer- – anyway, back to the point. So he's not doing it against the elite of the elite, but to go out there – Thirty-seven points, like we said, seven of eleven from three. He blocked five shots. There's only been one guy in NBA history. Uh, Jeff mentioned this too. I saw the stat last night. I think the other thing that was amazing that made seven threes and blocked five shots in the same game. You know who it was? Was it? Plays for the Grizzlies. Hasn't played yet, but he's he's expected, I suppose, right now to play at some point for the Grizzlies this season. I've narrowed it down pretty good for you there. 7 73s seven and 5 blocks in the same game. And this is a person who hasn't played on our team yet. Has not played for the Grizzlies. He will he, he, will he is on the point. team right now. I've narrowed it down. So that ain't that's not Jaron Jackson. It's He's not played loft? for the Grizzlies. No. It's not, who is it? Danny Green.
2: Oh. Believe it or God. not. I didn't even think about which, that.
1: Which which seems which I was thinking of the you, rookies in this first year. I didn't think about Danny Green being on this team huh? I didn't mean to make it seem make the stat Less impressive by by, but but that's the point. Nobody's ever done this. Danny had a night that night, obviously uh, seven threes and five blocks. But here's the point: this guy's blocking everything. He's shooting everything. It's step back jumpers, and like we said, it's more. It's not as much a unicorn as it is just a freak. You've never seen anything like this. He's 18 years old, already polished and again last night against g league competition he did whatever he wanted to he got in some early foul trouble brad and that pulled him off the floor early but he played through it he picked up what would have been i think his last foul but they ended up overturning it comes down still in the game makes a three there late to make it a 118-115 game i mean he's just taken over sort of sure. like a looking like sort of like kevin durant offensively at one point like we said most seven footers this size you, you, you know, they're, we, we say, well, yeah, they're athletic, but they're limited in terms of their movement and, and fluidity, right. those kinds of stuff. He moves like a guard. But he Brad. doesn't look like Chet Holmgren in terms no, of the, yeah. the, the size. See, here, here's, when you watch Chet Holmgren move, and like I said, we, we sort of got giddy when he went around Jalen Duran and yeah. the NCAA tournament, but you almost feel like he's going to break. That's right. Right. It's he like did. That, <laughs> a, a guy like that, and he ended up doing yeah. it trying to step in front of LeBron, but you're like, a guy like that is not going to hold up. Listen, I know Stephen A. made the point that's what he's most concerned about with Wimbanyama because he's so skinny, is he going to hold up? But, dude, he does not move like Chet Holmgren. When you watch him, you don't get those same feelings like th- he's not supposed to move like yeah. that. It he, it looks like a guard who has grown into the 7'5 body. He's phenomenal, Brad. He is phenomenal. And it just, you know, to, to look at him and think about what he's going to be in the NBA and, my gosh, the the just the talent influx. When you when you add him to the young town, the NBA, all the guys that are under 25, it's exciting to think about. Uh, we'll get to him back to him in a second. But Scoot Henderson here uh-huh. should not be talked over as well. He's probably going to be the number two pick. Brad, he's six foot three, six nine wingspan. Think Ja Morant. In the sense, he's he's built probably a little sturdier in terms of weight, yeah. but same size, same height, six foot three. His wingspan at six nine is close to Ja's. I believe Ja's six foot seven, yeah. and that's in terms of wingspan. Fearless like Ja, he tried to dunk on Myama late in the game. Uh, Victor wasn't having any no. part of it. He ended up blocking, but back to the point of Dude. fearlessness, he takes off in the lane trying to dunk on him. Sure. Didn't work, but that's the point. And it wasn't; it's not just the athleticism with this Henderson kid, Scoot Henderson. He's he he was uh, setting guys up, driving downhill and dishing. It looks like Brad to me. Uh, and you used to wonder about this. You've wondered about this with some guys. This is his second year with this G League unite team yeah. for this eighteen-year-old Scoot Henderson, and you can tell. And maybe it would have happened for him wherever he'd gone, whatever choice he'd make. But clearly, they have done a good job of developing him in terms of being an NBA point guard, decision-making, those kinds of things. Being in this G League program for him has worked out pretty well, it looks like, just in terms of the polish. Good decision, Yes, in terms, of, man. Yes, yeah. in terms of, uh, of how he's affecting the game in, in, in different ways, mm. not just scoring. He also had nine assists, five rebounds, led his team, like we said, to the 122-115 victory last night. It was just exhibition, but you can hear the excitement probably in my voice because, again, when I think think about all of the young talent coming in you, you if you go back and and probably for me it goes back to bird and magic and sort of how they th- there's a natural progression of sort of how they handed off things to Mike and who takes it to the next level and obviously Mike you can take your pick of who he handed it off to Kobe LeBron but there's always that passing of the torch Giannis is somewhere in there now in terms of that passing of the torch Zion Ja Morant now those guys I'm telling you, Wimbam-Yama is a guy we're going to have right up there with those guys. And you think about what, you know, uh, uh, you know baseball's got an issue where, you know, it's it stars. Mike Trout, you know, he's second in home runs this year. You wouldn't even know it. No, it's like right? buried. Now, it, it, exactly. If it's not Aaron Judge, nobody knows what the heck's going on for the most part. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Football obviously does a better job, and, it's, and, and, and it does a better job marketing young stars, but nobody's got it. No. Like the NBA. Think, think about Just think about Ja and all the social media impressions last year and the NBA obviously recognizing that and doubling down in terms of national TV appearances for mm-hmm. the Grizzlies this season, all of it. You get the same sort of thing with Zion, and I'm telling you, Victor Wembanyama has that same sort of you can't take your eyes off of. You're going to buy league pass just to see this guy play for Oklahoma City or Utah or whatever it is. But yeah. that that's the point is that he's the next in line. And I'm not, you know, in, in terms of another league, I'm not sure there's anything like it. In, in in terms of having that next generation of guys coming up, think think about all the players in the NBA under the age of 25 right now. Right, who are who are about to take over if they haven't already? You got you got Ja, you got Luca, who most GMs thinks gonna win the MVP this year. Trey Young mentioned Jason Tatum, Zion. We talked about him, Anthony Edwards, Evan Mobley, uh, Lamelo Ball, Garland, who I love up in Cleveland, Scotty yeah. Barnes, Chet Holmgren, Paolo, Jaron Jackson. I should mention obviously, I'd be remiss not to sure. Bane, Maxi, your boy, yeah. Pool. But but you can see it, you you. You know, you don't need those old aging stars in the NBA, right, to have to hold on too long before the next crop is up, and they're right here. Um, Last night was a reminder of that, again, that you've got even another crop. I mean, I didn't even talk about last year's rookies. Like, I feel good about Cade Cunningham. Jaden Ivey this year feels like he's going to be a star. Like there's a ton of Scottie Barnes, Duren. obviously. Jalen Duran has got a chance yeah. to be good. So just in terms of the young talent coming up, it's all, it's exciting. Yeah. You don't even have to be. You can just be a, 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 a an NBA. You don't even have to be a fan to be excited about this young talent that's coming up through here. So you you think about it and you look around, and if you watched them last night, you're probably in fear of okay, when Yama is is a is a phenom. If you're a Grizzlies fan, where would you least like to Ooh, see him? I've already heard this conversation heard that, yeah. among many. And, you know, you, you figure Houston's going to be in the mix. Oklahoma City Thunder will be in the mix. The Utah Jazz, who are obviously dismantling everything, you figure will be in the mix. If you're the Grizzlies, obviously best case scenario is he goes east. Yep. yep. Brad just made the motion that he goes east. First thing east, I thought of the, is that, east anywhere. And, and if you ha- if you were picking an Eastern Conference team, probably the least threat to you that you'd, you'd like to see him on, who would it be? I thought
2: Charlotte was a good option. The problem is they got a lot of young weapons. Man, him and Lamelo would be something. That's a problem. So I think that Orlando team we just saw would probably be my first option. Although you put Palo and him together, that's also that a problem. That could something. So all, but see, all these teams that are crappy, it seems like, already have young nucleuses. They're just not as far along as the Grizzlies, which is why the Grizzlies thing is so amazing because they have... These all these first, second, and third-year players that are just amazing. So I probably put them on
1: Orlando, Charlotte, I- Orlando. Like Orlando is just this hodgepodge of guards and Paolo Banquero. Right. So at some point they've got you know, I know, you know, they need a lead guard, they need to figure out who it is. Is it Suggs? Is it is it Cole Anthony? What's R J Hampton doing down there? Is he just playing the two now? But again, if you've got the number one pick, I don't see how you can pass. On no. And in terms of from the Grizzly standpoint, yeah. hey, hey, send him down there, he's not a threat, send yeah. him over to the east. Now, if one of these Western Conference teams ends up with the yeah. with the top pick, I think the Jazz that's probably the one. I think one. the Jazz are probably the one. Yeah. Right? Because even, you know, in terms of, of if you're thinking about OKC, you know, Chet Holmgren mm-hmm. after this season will we'll get a chance to see. You know, you, you put what they've got, and they've got the some one. young pieces, mm-hmm. right? I don't, you know, Houston looks like a, a tire fire right now. Now that's all they're doing, but but I like where OKC is in terms of uh, of construction of the roster. They're ahead of Houston. I, I'd probably if I had my pick between those two, I'd rather see him in Houston. As opposed to OKC, but I think Utah overall would be the pick of where you'd want to see this guy I if think, you were a Grizzlies yeah. fan and you're trying to stay away from him.
2: I think Utah in the West. And he's going I think west. Orlando, you hit on it in the East. I think Cole Anthony is limited after watching him, so I I don't think they're he's going to have to shoot a bunch, you know, to get mm-hmm. get points where. So I think probably Magic be fine in Utah.
1: Sounds good in the West. So, so Steve and I made the point uh, after watching him last night. I just want to bring that that yeah, it, it was almost. It, it sounded like an echo of, of exactly what he'd said and much of what I agreed with on Shed Holmgren in terms of the body. That the first thing you worry about is how is he going to hold up at seven foot five, right? And especially playing out as much on the perimeter as he does, attacking the basket as if he's going to do that in the NBA mm-hmm. as much as he did. How, and how are you going to hold up defensively? When those big guys know, right, you're not nearly as strong as someone, you know, they're going to challenge you physically. Yeah. How is a guy like that going to hold up? I don't know if it's just watching him, and again, it's just one game's first game in America. But I don't have those same concerns. And let's not act like there aren't Kevin Durant's, right? There aren't yeah. guys in the NBA, slight of build that are that are thriving. That's right. And most of these league. guys are playing around that the are perimeter, thriving mostly. in this league. Yeah. So, so of course, you look at him, you see the real thin body. Mm-hmm. That at some point you'll be able to put at least his man weight on, but he'll never be some big, you know, some some big thick guy, player. But, but yeah. of course, you wonder that initially. But I just think, you know, the NBA, for the most part, yeah, you're always going to have your strong guys and your enforcers, but it's gone away from that. It's more about yeah. the skill now with the way fouls are called and everything else. you got more of a chance of lasting at this size now than you ever did. Okay, so so I realize it's always going to be a concern for these guys that are built like Chet Holmgren or Wimbam-Yama, but, but I don't look at him in the same way that I do Chet because, again, Yes, while their bodies are similar in terms of uh, 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 of their how thin they are, man, dude just moves different. He moves absolutely different, and I think he's built for it. Uh, he operates completely different. He's fun to watch. You'll have a chance, guys, for those that didn't uh, didn't get to see him yesterday on ESPN. They play again tomorrow night. These same two teams, but again, don't don't dismiss Scoot Henderson. This dude looks like a player too. Two league, two years now, second season with the G League Ignite. Think Ja Morant. Wow, there's no question about it. Again, very similar in size, similar in fearlessness, and similar in that they can uh, affect the game in other ways besides just scoring. Uh, guys that are seem well ahead of their years in terms of the decision making. That's the other part that you know Ja gets to the league seems way beyond his years in terms of leadership, uh, the willingness of that locker room to fall in behind him. Henderson, you get that same sort of feel on. So somebody's going to get a beast at number two, but nobody's not picking uh, Victor Wambanyama. We're going to have to give him uh, some sort of VW. You did a good I, job. We're going to have to give him some sort of nickname because much like Anta Tacumpo, like yeah. it does, you know, maybe it'll just be his first name. Or you know, like Janis like, like Giannis, he's just his first name. Yeah, reference only, Victor. May, but, but but you got Oladipo yeah so so maybe that wouldn't maybe that that wouldn't stick there's only one Giannis there would be two uh, there would be two victors uh we're gonna have to figure out something because you're gonna say this dude's name for the next decade and a half probably at the least uh we'll be talking about it just about every night on on SportsCenter he was fun uh to watch you know what's also fun is uh getting to Mark Giannano we get to do that uh every Wednesday about this time we'll do that next got plenty to ask him about like we mentioned he's got a Call him up at CommercialAppeal.com about the NBA GM survey and the Memphis Grizzlies and what those GMs might have missed with the Grizzlies. Got plenty to ask Mark about, including maybe what he would do with that Aaron Judge uh, home run ball. We know what Brad would do. We know what I would do. We would sell it for the $2 million. Money. Uh, we'll ask Mark when we come back. Before we do... Start NFL Week 5 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel, already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night. Same-game parlay does not hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Jonathan Taylor going to score an anytime touchdown. Russell Wilson over on the passing yards. Matt Ryan to throw an interception. Those are just some of the ways, some of the options you can use to build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you and FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat, same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code JSmith if you don't already have an account. If you already have FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in to see what you've got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and, of course, of 929FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Three-plus legs, minimum $1 bet required, refund issued. does non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven 70- days after receipt max free bet five bucks restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.family.com gambling problem call tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789
0: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today
3: Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track, all wheel drive, and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.
3: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mark Giannato
1: is an award-winning sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal, co-host of the Giannato and Jeffrey Show, which you should be listening to right here every day from 2 to 4 on 19.99 And You can follow him on Twitter at MGiannato, read him at CommercialAppeal.com. Mark, did you get a chance to see Victor Wimbanyama last
4: night? I watched the highlights. I, I recorded the game, and I didn't watch it. I had, had, didn't get a chance to watch the full thing. But I've been I've been watching uh, Big Vic. You've been preparing for this for a long. I've been tough. watching him. Well, I heard you know, like people have been talking about him as the best prospect in the world for like a year. Like he's been like even even before last year's draft, the talk was. If he's he the, had been, if he had been in that draft, he would have been, been number one yes. as a 16, 17. Year. Like he's been the number one prospect in the world for like a year at least at this point. And so I'd been watching film, whatever. I you know, when I YouTube highlights mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, it did feel like though, last night was his, you know, introduction to the the wide world, if you will. First and game in America. If he becomes a great NBA player a superstar Mm -hmm. like last night will be a game and same with Scoot Henderson like last night will be a last night will be a game I don't I don't know if it's you know I don't think it's gonna reach the level of like bird magic in the final four in 79 as like a pre but like (laughs) it will be a moment you remember um I think and as part of their timeline kind of like Remember when LeBron played the ESPN game? I do. You know, like people remember that now, especially it's like a an important moment yep. because of who LeBron became um, and living up to that hype. And no, I mean he's, I mean, you just, it, someone pointed it out last night, and I thought it was interesting that Corey Alexander was calling the game um, because he's a Virginia, Virginia guy, and like the comparison, he he looks like Ralph Sampson out there, Wembenyame. So he might be better, off might be Ralph more athletic. 7-4. Yeah, it might be more athletic than Samson, but that was Samson. He was dribbling. He would shoot threes. I mean, people forget about him because his NBA career didn't take off because of injuries. And that's honestly always the fear with tall guys this tall is mm-hmm. that, you know, foot, knee, whatever. It was a different time then, you know, suffering a torn ACL in 1985 is a lot different than suffering Absolutely. a torn ACL today. But, um, I mean, Samson was it, like college level, college age Ralph Samson. That's what kind of when Benjana looks like and maybe maybe more athletic like he's more a little more explosive yes. but that's the that's the style i mean i mean and, and the fact that he knew this was a big moment his first game in america he's going against um number the, the number 2 pick the number 2 prospect and he's just showed up and had like a monster game like that says something too about the about the guy that, you, in terms of who he could be if you were the, the Grizzlies, who
1: do you least want to see him with, west and east? Obviously, you'd rather have him in the
4: east. Well, it's it's interesting because, to me, if you look at the NBA, the, the teams that are, in my mind, are going to have the greatest odds of nabbing him are Utah, San Antonio, and Indiana. We didn't put San Ann in there. And they should and they be scare about me. San Antonio. It scares me too. That's a problem. He, he seems like, like, it seems like another Tim Duncan scenario where yeah. they, they kind of they flush one season down the drain during a transition and then end up with like this, you know, a guy who ends up being, you know, potentially the best big man in the league for mm-hmm. a while. Like they did, whoever did that, that, the Tim Duncan, people forget it was like David Robinson got hurt. And so San Antonio Allowed just tanked to... a season, yep. got the number one pick remember Boston was trying to tank that season too right. with yeah. Latino running the team, but the, but the Spurs won the lottery and they get Tim Duncan in the very next year. I think they won the NBA championship mm-hmm. with Robin, an aging Robinson and a rookie Tim Duncan. Yep. Um. And so, yeah, I think San Antonio would be the one that would scare me the most just because they're in the division they're you know, they, they, they have a good infrastructure historically. I know, I don't know if Popovich will coach yeah, Victor Wemben-Yama. Certainly not in his prime. But um, regardless, I think that's because, t- like, if you look at the landscape of the NBA, those look like they're going to be the worst teams in the NBA this year, potentially. Mm-hmm. The Jazz, the Spurs, and the Pacers. That's what I think, at least. Will uh, Will Houston be down there? I think Houston's a little too good. Like, especially at the end of last year. Like, you like I don't their think pieces better not do. I don't, I don't think. I don't think Houston is going to necessarily be a play-in team. Maybe they will, but I, I doubt mm. that. But I don't no. think they're going to be the worst team in the West. Okay. I think they'll be better than that.
1: GM- same, same with Detroit. Same with Detroit. Uh, GM survey was out yesterday. You've got a column up at CommercialAppeal.com, or I should mm-hmm. go read. Um, outrage?
4: You can't be. Not outrage. No, I th- we, we said on our show it's, it was perfect. They mentioned exactly. the Grizzlies just enough. To pr- to show that like they do view the Grizzlies differently today than they did a year like in last year's GM survey. Clearly they view them higher, but there was just enough disrespect that like you know like the not having not having John Moran is even getting a vote for best point guard. Um, that was good That's stuff. That was perfect. That was the one that didn't make sense to me. I you know like I would put him ahead of Trey Young right now. Yeah, I said that yesterday. Um, but and Trey Young got a vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that. There's the fact that you know, frankly, here, here the bottom line, and I, this is how I bottom-lined it in my column: they don't the GMs, much like the general public, don't think the Grizzlies are going to be as good this year as they were last year. That's, it's, a, it's a tougher West. That's really what it comes down to, because I, you know, when you look at it, I they don't tell you exactly how they every GM responded to the survey, but they don't know they don't necessarily respond to every question, so you don't know how many GMs voted on each category. But I thought it was telling only um only 3% of the gms who responded had the grizzlies being the two seed in the west so mashing what they did last year and only 6% had them ranked in their top 4 in the west like the, so like basically 27 of the 30 gms in the league basically think the grizzlies are going to finish outside the top 4 in the west and you know I'm not right. saying that. How much of that is step back and how much of it is stronger West? Listen, they, the four teams they picked ahead of them, I don't think you can necessarily say the GMs are idiots Mm-mm. because they have Denver ahead of them. And I mean, like, again, that's Memphis finished could, ahead of Denver, but like, when they had their full team, they went to the Western Conference Finals and they have the reigning MVP. So I don't necessarily think that's outlandish to say that. Golden State's obviously ahead of them. They were, they're were the defending champs. Clippers were the number one seed. Like, they got the most votes, it appears. I, I would, you know, I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see that. And then, um, and then Phoenix, who had the best record in the league last year and returns everyone. I know it's a little more dysfunctional, it feels like, over there Looks than like. last year, but they still return basically everyone from the team that had the best record in the West last year. So, it's not total, you know, p- picking them fifth seems you know probably on the surface you know reasonable that's what i thought you know um but I, I just i also i'm not saying it's unreasonable to do that i'm also just saying that's the bottom line they don't think the grizzlies are going to be as good as last year yeah. and and my argument if you're going to argue they can be like I, I go back to the fact that they played 11 games last year with their ideal starting lineup mm-hmm. 13% of the schedule Nothing. was played with the ideal starting lineup and they're going to start Without now maybe this the, year. Now maybe they'll never get to it. But this year they're starting out without the ideal starting lineup too. So we don't know, in terms of with this group collectively. But I, my gut tells me they're going to play that those that starting five of Ja, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. My gut tells me they're going to play more than eleven games together this year. Yeah, you know, and and I, maybe they can be better that way. Maybe that you know I think that can offset what you lost in Kyle and D. Anthony Melton. Um, and whatever you may may or may not get from those rookies, especially early on, um so i i think I think it's setting up nicely for the Grizzlies in that they're getting some respect, but also there's enough doubt mm-hmm. that these guys are not gonna be th- these guys are gonna have that same sort of attitude they had last year yeah. it's it's gonna be easy to conjure up. and I think the way they play, you know, I don't know. You know, the playoffs are a different story, but for the regular season, the way they carry themselves, the way this team plays, how deep it is at times, like they kind of are made for the regular season, for regular season success. Because they bring it every game. Like that to me is one of the among the advantages they have over the rest of the NBA. Like having someone like Jot point guard is an advantage over the rest of the NBA. Having a versatile defender like Jaron Jackson Jr. is an advantage over the rest of the NBA. Um, they have a feels like to me until they prove it a deficiency in shooting even though even with Desmond Bain even with a great shooter like Desmond Bain mm-hmm. but one of the key things that helps offset that is they're like given s factor like they just play really hard yep. um and I like the fact that there's plenty of motivation for them to continue carrying and carrying themselves that way they can they can convince themselves that people are not giving them the proper respect and that's you know I I kind of I think it's a good thing yeah uh, I like this question, uh, and I've heard it posed
1: before, but who do you like better playing with that second unit? Obviously, they're both starters, Bane, Dylan Brooks. But in terms of when you've got the second unit out there mm. and whether it's get, allowing Dylan Brooks to take all his shots with that second unit, right, more so so he can fall in line with John, or giving it over to Desmond Bain and, hey, he can be more than just a shooter. He can be you know, maybe a little bit of playmaker there too with Tyus. W- which one's the, the better approach there?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. With
1: DeAnthony gone, you know, you, you know
4: Conchal will do some of that, but you figure well, one no, of two Even last play a lot. year they would they stagger. Right. I mean, I think why Bain's been doing it in the preseason is because Dylan was out last year, Bain was doing it last year during mm-hmm. the regular season where he was the, you know, he would come out with, you know, six minutes into the first quarter first and out. would be the first starter to cycle back, back in, in the game right. with, the, with the reserves. So now you got options. Um, I mean, I think you can probably play them together, especially because – of the way, Bane can handle the ball, um, but yeah, I, you know, like I mean, the reality is, I think it's going to be matchup dependent. Where if you're playing a game where you really need Dylan's defense on the wing, maybe he's out there more. But I mean, until Dylan proves he's the more efficient shooter, I like if I'm Taylor Jenkins, I'm trying to prioritize more shots for my best shooter, <laughs> like, yeah. and if 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 that involves. Bain being in there because it, what it looks like they're going to do is take out Bain and Aldama first or Bain and Steven Adams first and then cycle that 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 group back in because we know Bain and Adams work really well together as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, I, you know, I think they'll be fine no matter what way it is. I mean, the key for Dylan this whole year is like. The, that's the other thing about playing with that ideal starting five is we haven't really seen Dylan Brooks playing with that ideal starting five where he's going to have to defer more. Like last year, I think one of the issues I, one of the things I've noticed about Dylan and maybe I'm reading too much into this, it seems like when Ja is out there, like he is fully aware that Ja is the man and he defers to Ja. I think when Ja isn't out there, Mm -hmm. he doesn't necessarily do that with Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. And so, that's what I think. And last year, they just didn't play together very much, Dylan Brooks and Ja Morant. And then the year before that, they played a lot together, but not with Jaron out there. Mm -hmm. And frankly, not like the fully formed version of Bain that we saw last year. Mm -hmm. So, how he embraces the fact that, you know, frankly, I think he should probably take the fourth number. He should be number four in the shot, you know, it's number of shots pecking order. But I don't think he thinks like that. Right. And like where he settles himself into, like maybe like I think I'm okay with him taking more shots than Jaron, especially if Jaron shoots the percentage he did from three point range last year. But, you know, that's gonna be a tricky thing. For them to figure out, particularly if you know if Dylan is thinking certain way, I mean he isn't a contract. You're like that that's whole thing going a contract year
1: on Dylan. That that's whole
4: it. thing is very is going to be very tricky, and so you know you they, they need to get some reps in, you know, mm. playing that way. And th- I think that's part of the problem. They just have had so few games where all four of them have played together. Uh, at this point.
1: What what's your faith level in that Santi's gonna be able to hold it down till Jaron gets back or that, that they'd have to turn to one of the rookies that Santi couldn't. Which way you think it ends up going. I, I don't
4: think there's anyone who's gonna hold it down for Jaron. I, I think they're gonna have some real defensive issues the first I, I just hope it's only like ten or fifteen games. If it if it's we're stretching into twenty games he's missing, like that's gonna be a real issue if like he's missing a quarter or more of the season, Jaron Jackson Jr. Like I, but you don't you don't get that sense, right? No, I mean, the, everything they've told us so exactly. far is that it's going to be, you know, like I would guess. I, I'm hoping he's back in November at some point mm-hmm. because, like, Santi looks much more comfortable, looks good. I, I just – I think when they play real teams, they're going to have a lot of trouble defending. Like, I think – Jeffrey's made this point, and I think he's absolutely right. I think this – it's going to be a net positive for Jaron Jackson Jr. personally because I think the fans are going to appreciate him a lot more after we see ten or fifteen games without him oh. in the lineup. Like I think I just I you come I, from the just start Brandon Clark school, don't you? Yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's would,
1: where some of this answers I remember now.
4: I would just some I of would, this answers coming would, from. I I will say this: Brandon Clark has attempted a few threes in the preseason, and it looks as bad as it's ever it has looked. Not look good. Um and so I'm fine with starting Santi. He looks much better. Um, You're right. Defensively is where the floor. problem. But I just but think I don't think I think no matter what they do, they're going to have some issues defensively without Jaron Jackson Jr. He covers up a lot of stuff. Oh, for sure. And saying hold it down, I wouldn't certainly say yeah. there ain't going to be
1: a step like back. I, I, There's going to be think, a couple stuff. I think back. the
3: goal, You're you know, just they're to get lucky the schedule's
1: not
4: that difficult. Right, the first couple, the first month of the season. You know, I as long as you know. As long as he's only missing like 10 or 15 games or whatever, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll figure it out enough. They'll, you know, if they're 8 and 7 when he comes back, that's fine. If they're 7 and 8 when he comes back, that's fine. Like they can there's a lot of season left. It's just you just don't want it stretching 20, 25 games, you know, like yep. and you know, they you. they're saying the right things, but until he actually, you know, we've seen with them with injuries like it, you know, it can take a while. Yeah. Uh,
1: talking to Mark Giannato here on Jason and John, turning to Tigers football, big opportunity for them on Friday. It feels like we've been talking about this one for weeks, saying yeah. if it could just be four and one. Uh, how much of a chance do you give them They're favored in this one? Three-point favorites, I think, last I looked. What, what are you looking for? What are you most curious about uh, watching unfold here?
4: Well, I think they're going to need to score some p- – I think the offense is going to have to be better than well, it's that been been the past couple, couple good. weeks.
1: That Houston defense. It I'd, doesn't, I'd,
4: but I think Houston's going to score. I, I don't think – I think the Memphis defense looks pretty good – I don't know if they're going to shut this Houston team down like they did North Texas, like they did Temple. Um,
1: Uh, Temple offense is one of the worst in the country.
4: Um, You know, it's an interesting game because, it you know, Houston, it could be the type of game where, you know what, let's just be honest, Houston is 2-3 and with a couple really close losses, and they were supposed to be better, and, you know, there's some fear in my mind of, like, what if this is the game where they figure it out and mm-hmm. play like the team they were supposed to play? Yeah, my am a part of Now, the other part of that, the other side is, they also could be on, like, quitting on Dana Holgerson. Exactly. Like, like that's also a possibility here where they just lay an absolute stinker and, you know, like, because we've, you know, Holgerson has called them out in the media. He's, you know, gotten booed by the fans oh. leaving the field last week. Um, so there's that uh, part of it. But, no, I think they, I, you know, I. while I'm concerned about the offense, like, obviously, they're 72nd in the country in total offense right now. Um, I'm also not shutting the door on the formula they've used, where they turn teams over, they're not turning the ball over, they're second in the country in turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're playing much better, you know, they're playing good defense, and they kind of, I'm not closing the door on that being an effective Long, you know, strategy the rest of the season, given the week schedule and given that just the overall strength of the league this year, like I think that might that might work. I don't know if it'll, you know, I don't know if you're going to go undefeated or whatever, eleven and one doing that. But I, I also am not shutting the door on you can go eight and four, nine and three doing that. Right. And we said before the season like that would be a great season. Um, but I also think you know you hope the offense looks better. I mean they have. I don't think enough is being said. Like, they literally have not looked the same since those two offensive linemen got hurt. That's been the lines, the biggest issue, no? Um, I mean, I think the receivers are a problem, too. Not getting open? Yeah. They're not getting open, and they're not winning battles on the outside the last couple weeks. Like, that's just the truth. The tight end is pretty good.
1: Pre-scoring is a good one.
4: But he's not good enough to, like, beat a scheme. And, like, teams are now, like, okay, we got to pay attention to this tight end. And they're like, okay, Joe Skates runs a great go route. We got to make sure we're aware of that. And, and once they took those two things out, it felt like the explosion of the offense just went away. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamon Ivory has had a bunch of drops and, you know, I think struggles to get open. I mean, I don't think he's the quickest guy uh, as a route runner and that's can be okay. If you're going to win battles on the outside, you know, like use your body and win battles, but he's not, he didn't do that last week either. Um, and you know Eddie Lewis and Gabe Rogers, they're not, they're not able to. They haven't separated enough. Like Seth Henigan was under siege at times, but he also had some plays where he was mm-hmm. in the pocket yeah. at time and just no one was open. Um, so, but at, you know, at the same time, they they won the games and they're play they're four and one. And again, I think the formula, like as if the offense just gets a little bit better. You know, like I, I don't think this is clearly not going to be one of like a great offense, but I also don't think it has to be the 72nd ranked offense in right. the country. Like this offense should be in like the should top be 50 in total offense, um, and I think that with a quarterback like Seth Hennigan, I think they can be uh, and probably will be. Um, so it, it's really interesting though. I mean, you got it's it's really we we've talked about this Houston game, but it's the next five games are really what this season is all about. I mean you got Houston then at ECU at Tulane then both you know then uh then you get a open week and you have UCF, UCF mm-hmm. and then Tulsa on 5 days rest um so like if you go 3 and 2 in those 5 games you're I think you're going to go into that North Alabama game at what you'd be 7 and 3 and I think you'd be in you'd be like in the mix for the AAC Championship game. If you beat it, you know, it'd be a scenario where if you can mm-hmm. beat SMU, there's a chance you're in the AAC Championship game. If you just go three and two these next five, you go four and one, you'll enter that SMU game, I think, in the driver's seat to make the. I don't know if you'd host the AAC Championship game or what, but you like, yeah. I think you'd be in position to be in the AAC Championship game. And like, three and two is not going to be easy, but it seems doable. Like, you know, none of these game if you're favored against Houston, I don't know if you'll be you won't be favored at Tulane as of now. Mm -mm. I don't know about the ECU game. That's probably would be like a pick 'em. It'll be maybe ECU favored by a little bit. Um, You're gonna be. I think you'll if you depending on how you do the next three. I think you'll be favored against UCF, maybe, or it'll be like again like a you know one point type deal. And I think you'll be favored against Tulsa at home. Mm -hmm. Like so, like all winnable games, all games. You know, you're going to be within the margin, so to speak. And so I don't think 3-2 and seems like that unreasonable to think. And that'd be great. I mean, it'd be great. Uh, You know, so it's a really interesting moment for the program. I know, like, the attendance hasn't been great. And, you know, people have been leery of the offense. But they really have a great opportunity right here in front of them this next month. Yeah, so my argument's just been just win. And then Mm -hmm. put yourself in those positions
1: and the fans will come back. That that's the quickest way to getting more of them in there is just winning as opposed to all of a sudden you got to go up put up 40 50 um just pile them up is there a quicker way
4: I mean I we, we know there's not you know oh I think yeah I think ultimately part of people it's the offense a well, there's a bunch of different reasons why people people can embrace great defense I think but it's just, just win yes. I think I think because they have not done it this way you know during this rise they have not done it this way people are gonna are, are are rightfully in a okay like I need to see this to believe this but I think if you can go into that UCF game at I would hope, if you go into that UCF game and you're what six and two? Mm. Like that be you know, I would hope you could generate a a really nice crowd for that game.
2: Um UCF could get beat by SMU though tonight, you yeah. know. Oh, that, yeah, I that don't think UCF it.
4: that's the whole thing. Like the league is not good. No. Like the league is not good. Um and Memphis is right in that jumble. Like, I watched Cincinnati play Tulsa last week. Cincinnati's, like, they're, not they're probably yeah. the best team in the league still, yeah. but they are not like Cincinnati of the last two yeah. years. They right. are not some world-beater Cincinnati team. like, And so, and you don't even have to play them. And so, I, you know, I, I think it sets up nicely for them. If the offense can get a little bit better, mm-hmm. I, I think it's it, – to me it seems very realistic that you, you can go 3-2 and two over these next five. And I think, you know – I, like I said, you'd go into that North Alabama game. You assume that's a win on Senior Day, and I think it would set up a. You know, it wouldn't be easy, but it'd set up a big game against SMU to close the year. Yeah. Um. And you know, I think it'll be a better crowd Friday too. I, I don't think thirty. I hope. I hope. I, I'm hoping low, I'm hoping it's more like the opener, which was like thirty two. Mm. I'm hoping we can get up to like thirty, thirty one. I know there's high school football and the Grizzlies preseason game, right. but. Can't you? See, I think part of you know the, the the attendance is so many different factors. I think I think it's because we had a story up at CommercialPill.com about it this week with comments from Laird Veach and Ryan Silverfield, and I got some responses about it, and like people listed up a whole bunch of things, and I think all of them are right. Like I don't think it's any one thing. Like I think what you said, like you know, there's a little bit of you know. Timidness of really going all in on a team that isn't playing the way people are used to. I think that's some of it. I think conference realignment, like depression, mm-hmm. is some of it too. Like mm-hmm. this realization of man, like Memphis got left behind by the Big Twelve, and we don't know. You know, it feels like you know. It Especially feels when you're like, playing teams that are moving on. Feels like, like yep. we, des- we deserved it every bit or more as some of these schools, mm-hmm. and we got passed up again and. What the heck? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I agree Absolutely. with that. I think the schedule, having four straight, you know, starting the year with two road games and then having four straight home games, I, can't you see if you're a season ticket holder or someone who goes to the games going, all right, I'll go to the season opener, yep. and then I'll go to the Houston game, yep. you know, because, it, you know, it's I can't do four straight weeks. You know, and what games am I going to skip? Ah, I'll skip the Arkansas State and the North, North Texas yeah. game mm-hmm. and the Temple game. Yeah. Um, you know, or you go to the Arkansas State. It's I'll skip the North Texas and yeah. Temple games and I'll go to this Houston game. Um, and so I think that's part of it too. Um, you know, there's you know, I think the you know, just habits, the pandemic affected everything. Yeah. And then I think it's just a national thing. Like attendance is down across Probably. the board in college football, by and large. Um, so you know, it's a lot of different things, but I'm hopeful that the crowd Friday will be better and if they keep winning I think the crowd for that UCF game could be really nice potentially. They deserve it at this um, point. Now, I think part of what's going to affect them this weekend is like H- Houston hasn't held up its end of the bargain. Like if Houston was four and one in this <laughs> right. going in this game, I think even more people would show up. There'd be a little more. They'd probably Houston would probably be ranked given where they started the year mm-hmm. and their schedule. It would be a little sexier. The, Houston hasn't really held up its end of the bargain here, going at all two and three. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it also. Is a net gain, I think, for Memphis, and that it's indicative of the league is up for grabs this year more so than certainly more so than any year I've been here oh, in yeah. Memphis. The league feels up for grabs.
1: Last thing, who's the single season home run king?
4: Oh, it's Barry Bonds. Thank this you. is ridiculous. This th- nonsense. Thank you. So uh, is that but, just
1: is that just old baseball writers that have kept that? Al- I mean, mostly. Yeah,
4: it's the people keeping. It's the people are keeping Bonds, and I think it's ridiculous that Bonds and some of these guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. Like it's just ridiculous. It was part of the era of that baseball. Baseball
1: profited off of. That's the, what I keep the, saying. The
4: argument, like, are we just gonna not, you know, so the guys who won Cy Youngs before black baseball players were allowed to play, like, do those not count anymore because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was they had an un, they had an advantage there. They weren't playing, you know, half of the half of the baseball playing population. Um, I figure if there's enough of those of us common sense folks, we can. Get this done just, and get it recognized. It's obviously, Barry Bond. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Everyone was doing steroids, and and like here's the other part. Is like, are we like so sure? Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to accuse Aaron Judge of doing steroids, but like, are you really like? The, are you really at a point in your life that like you're just? I can say with certainty, Aaron Judge is doing everything by the book. I don't know this assumption
1: that he's pure.
4: Yeah, I'm sure. Now maybe he is 270
1: 6, 6, something pounds too. He had a yeah. great year, and we're at what
4: sixty two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's. I think if honestly, I, th- I think if he wasn't on the, I'd day, like to if believe if he was in on him. another team other than the Yankees, and so you're dealing with like the New York media I think you're on it. I-, I think if he played for like the Kansas City Royals. No one would be there This debate would be Not even being had I said that I think yesterday I think it's because He's on the Yankees yeah. Even if he's on the Mets I don't even think We'd be having this It's the Yankees Yep
0: You could spend the weekend Doing the same old Whatever Or You could conquer the weekend In the all new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com For more details Hyundai There's joy In every journey